The same spirit that I poured out many years ago is still here. Just ignite that spirit, that power, that power to speak my word, that power to live life. It's all in the Holy Spirit. Just seek me while I can be found. The spirit of the Lord is here. It's here, it's always been here. Ignite that spirit that I put inside of you. Ignite that spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Opportunity here now to uh, to give unto the Lord. We're going to move into uh, the main, remaining portion of our service. Uh, I, I just I just really believe God wants to do something special here today. And so uh, as we uh, as we give you this opportunity, why don't you uh, why, why don't you bring your tithing, your offering to the Lord today as you're uh, going back to your, your your seats? Why don't you greet someone in Jesus' name? Lord, we thank you right now, God. We thank you for what you're doing, God. Lord, for the presence, the wonderful presence of God that we feel right now in this place, God. Lord, let your anointing flow among us, God. Lord, bless this, this tithing and offering right now, God, that we can do a great work for you, Lord. We give you praise for it. We give it in Jesus' name. Amen. You would bring your tithing and offering to the Lord. Message prepared, and, and um, 
it's it's always a, a wonderful thing when when God just kind of confirms things to you. You enjoy that when God confirms something and gives you a little more confidence, you know? Well, I have this devotional and, and I don't know if you want to call it a habit or a routine or, or just something that I do. But every Sunday morning when I come in, one of the things when I go into my office and I'm, I'm praying and, and just, you know, uh, letting God speak to me about the service, uh, one of the things that I do is I pull out this devotional and I read the devotion for this day. And this morning, I, as I read this, it just so uh, so goes right along and aligns with, with what God has given me for the message today. But I just, I, I want to share this with you. The title of this devotion is uh, God's Assurance. And the scripture is uh, Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. Um, and the writer here says, My assurance is to be built upon God's assurance to me. God says, I will never leave you, so that then I may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. In other words, I will not be obsessed with apprehension. This does not mean that I will not be tempted to fear, but I will remember God's words of assurance. I will be full of courage, like a child who strives to reach the standard his father has set for him. The faith of many people begins to falter when apprehension enters their thinking and they forget the meaning of God's assurance. They forget to take a deep spiritual breath. The only way to remove the fear from our lives is to listen to God's assurance to us. What are you fearing today? Whatever it may be, you are not a coward about it. You are determined to face it, yet you still have a feeling of fear. When it seems that there is nothing and no one to help you, say to yourself, but the Lord is my helper. This very moment, even in my present circumstance, are you learning to listen to God before you speak? Or are you saying things and then trying to make God's word fit what you have said? We'd be guilty of that, can't we? Take hold of the Father's assurance and then say with strong courage, I will not fear. It does not matter what evil or wrong may be in our way because he himself has said, I will never leave you. Human frailty is another thing that gets between God's word of assurance and our own words and thoughts. When we realize how feeble we are in facing difficulties, the difficulties become like giants. We become like grasshoppers, and God seems to be non-existent. But remember God's assurance to us. I will never forsake you. Have we learned to sing after hearing God's keynote? Are we continually filled with enough courage to say, the Lord is my helper? Or are we yielding to fear? And today, I want us, uh, as you stand with me today, I'm going to go into the word of the Lord, and I'm going to get started on this. But before we do that, I want us just to take a moment and uh, just take that deep spiritual breath. If you would, why don't, why don't we all just kind of breathe in and, and just kind of, let that out. Just relax. Just go. You feel that? That feels good, doesn't it? And that, as, as human beings, that's what we need to do. We need to breathe into our spirit, the spirit of God. And as we breathe out, we need to know that, listen, I'm not facing this trial alone. I'm not facing this test on my own. And it's not my own resources that I have to rely on to be able to meet this need. But my God said that he will never leave me or forsake me. And so no matter what it is today, I want you to know that God is here with you. And God's going to help you through this. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Amen. All right. With that in mind, let's get into the word of the Lord. I um I, I want it today, of course, being Pentecost Sunday, it would only be fitting that I take my passage today out of Acts the second chapter. So I want to read to us uh, today, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> Scripture says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as, a, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Today with the help of the Lord I want to talk to us uh, on a message that I've taught titled Talk Right. You know we, we need to learn sometimes to talk right. Why don't you put your Bibles down. Let's just lift our hands. Invite the presence of the Lord in. Let's just ask for God's anointing today. Lord we love you God. Right now God we worship you. We praise your name God. Lord we come before you with a repentant heart today God. Lord asking for your forgiveness in our life God. Lord in all of our all of our life God. If there's anything Lord that doesn't align with you or with your word God. Lord forgive us of it God. Lord help us today God as we hear your word that we can receive it. God, that the word would, would accomplish what it is set forth to do in our lives, God. Lord, minister to us. Let your anointing be in this place today, God. Lord, help me today as I speak your word that I would be obedient to you. We thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Why don't you greet someone as you see them? We, we can't greet one another enough. You know? We just need to, we, we need to be comfortable in the house of God, among, among our brothers and sisters. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting when we start talking about talking. Now that, you know, as children, we learn how to talk. From, from the, the, the time that we are, you know, first born, that, that parent wants to know, will it be mama or dad out of it, they say first. You know? Yeah, or no. Or, or mine. Yeah. That becomes a favorite word of children. Mine. Mine. And, uh, you know, we're always, <clears throat> we're always curious about our, our, our kids and, and the, the, the sound of their voice and talking and, and what words they say. <clears throat> you know, as, as children, children, we learn different words. We have to uh, be exposed to different words so that we learn them. We, you know, through school, we do vocabulary and, and, and we, we build our knowledge of, of this group of words. But then we also have to learn how to put those words together and to form sentences and, and to form paragraphs and to have cohesive trains of, of thought and of communication. You know, it's interesting as, as children, they, they don't know how to conjugate verbs. They, they don't know the, the proper tense. And so, uh, you know, it's always fun to talk to a child and, and you know, hear their little, their, their little, you know, mistakes that they make and we laugh about them because of the way that they talk. And, and, and it's so cute. And it's cute as a child. But as they become, you know, uh, a teenager or an adult, if they're still speaking and using that same vocabulary, using those same uh, sentence structures and same ways of communication, we start going, well, wait a minute, something's wrong. Yeah. 
that's not right. They're not supposed to do that. So we know that we, we, we spend a lot of time in learning words and learning how to talk. But it doesn't seem like we spend enough time about learning what we should talk about. Just because we know how to speak doesn't necessarily mean we know what to say. Those are two different categories completely. I can know uh, words and, and I can know how to form them into proper sentences, but there's some topics that I'm just not educated in that I don't know how to talk about. I, I don't know how to speak about those and be correct. And so I have to spend time in learning those things. I can speak about subjects that maybe you can't, and you can speak about subjects that I can't. And we can use the same words and the same manners of speech and the same speech patterns. But there are two, you know, maybe between us, there may be two different uh, knowledge bases that we draw from. We train our, our children from the very beginnings that there are words that they should use. And we also train them that there are those bad words that don't say that. We don't say those words. Just let that linger in there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, probably all of us have been told at some point in our life, if you can't say something nice, then don't say anything at all. And there were plenty of times that I was told that and I just shut my mouth. Because I couldn't think of anything nice to say about it. There's a, a quote that I like and uh, it's been kind of uh, get, credit has been given to this quote to, to several different people, uh, one of them being Abraham Lincoln, the other being Mark Twain. I'm a big Mark Twain fan, and so I'm going to give him credit. <laughs> I, I may not be right, but that's all right. It's still a good saying. And whoever it was, the quote is, it is better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak out and remove all doubt. <laughs> I know that you've never encountered that situation uh, with anyone that you're talking to, but and, and it surely hasn't happened to any of us here. But it can happen. Now, the, the word of the Lord has some, some thoughts on this subject as well. Proverbs 17 tells us in verses 27 and 28, He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. You know, you can, you can stand in a crowd of some highly educated people and you may not know anything that they're talking about. And if you try to start interjecting comments and thoughts into their conversation, they're going to quickly realize you don't know what you're talking about. But if you just stand there quietly and, and listen and nod, and, and, and enjoy their conversation, they don't know whether you know what they're talking about or not. You may not understand anything they just said, but you know what? They're going to think well of you. And sometimes it's important for us to be able to just hold our peace. And there are other times that we need to speak. And so we need to know not only how to speak, but the things that we should speak about. Now, the, the book of James, man, it really addresses a lot of different uh, 
uh, subjects, and, and it's really a it's really a, a pretty powerful book in the Bible. If you take the time to read it, I believe it's only five chapters. Um, and in in James, the first chapter, it kind of addresses some things that we should we should have in our life as far as speaking and hearing. And James one nineteen says, "Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be." Swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Those are good words for all of us to live by. It's, it's important for us to hear. We can take that information in. We can process that information. We need to be slow to speak. Because they, they say that the human brain, it's always... Seven words ahead of what comes out of our mouth. Not very far. We, we need to put a little bit more space there. But they say that that is, that is the, the minimum. There's, you know, you've heard the saying, well, I, I just spoke before I thought. No, you didn't. Your brain thought at least seven words ahead of you. So you can't use that excuse anymore. You, you may have spoken too quickly, but you didn't speak before you thought. So, you know, here in this church, we've been talking a lot about hearing the word of God and hearing from God and, and, and blocking out the things that, that are contrary to the word of God so that they don't flood our mind and, and flood our, our thoughts and, and being able to allow the right words to come in. But for today, I just want to talk to us about letting the right words come out. Is that okay? Yeah. Speech is a very important part of who we are. And of all of God's creations on earth, man has the most elaborate speech. I know we touched on that a few weeks back. And, you know, I don't know if any of y'all have learned to talk to dolphins yet. But, yeah. <laughs> Man has the most elaborate speech on earth. God has gifted us with uh, an amazing vocabulary and an amazing gift to be able to communicate through speech. As a matter of fact, our speech is so well formed that, that it, has, it has been said many times that as humans, we talk too much. And it's interesting how we can take subjects and we can talk them to death. All you have to do to see that is turn on the news. And they will talk a subject to death. They will cover every aspect of every opinion and every thought that could even be conceived about a subject. Not that any of it matters. And it's all somebody's opinion. You know, we have opinions. We have debates. Everybody has an opinion about a matter. And it's very seldom that you run across anyone today that, that doesn't have their own opinion on a certain matter. We are very opinionated. And we allow our opinions to motivate us and to, and to guide us. But it's interesting because James talked about this in chapter 1, but then as you move to chapter 3, he decides, you know what, I need, to, I need to elaborate a little bit more on this whole concept of speech and on what comes out of our mouth. And so as we look at chapter 3, there's some, some key elements that we need to talk about here. It's interesting, uh, the second verse of chapter 3 in the book of James gives us uh, a, a verse that a lot of times as Christians we misinterpret. James 3, 2 says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Now, so many times we, we, we look at that, 
and, and we talk about the fact that, oh, verse 2, he's talking about offending. And, and the words that I say, it may, be, uh, it, it may be offensive to you. Or I may offend someone with my speech. That's not what the scripture is talking about here. Scripture is not talking about me saying something that steps on somebody's toes or me saying something that, whether it's right or wrong, it may bring offense to someone else. The word that is used here actually is uh, offense. It is used as the word sin. And so it's our speech in ourself that can cause us to sin. That's what it's saying. The scripture says, let me read it like this. For in many things, we all can sin. If any man sin not in word, the same is a perfect man. And able also to bridle the whole body. Let me, let me continue on in this a little bit because James goes a little further here and he says, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor, governor listed. So, or even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindled. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. Yeah. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. And so we see here that the offense is not me you know, me harming someone else, the, the offense is that I'm not speaking right. I'm not allowing my speech to be pleasing to God. Sometimes I may be speaking words that are contrary or opposed to what God is, what God's word is speaking and what God is saying. You know, when, when we start uh, facing fears and doubts, and we turn to man's wisdom to approach those, then we're very, uh, we're very susceptible to speaking things that would cause us to sin or to cause us to start doubting God, to stop having faith in God. When we, when we you know, run against, a, I don't know, as an example, if we run against a financial difficulty in our life and we look, at, you know, at, at what all the economists are saying right now. All the economists are saying, oh, inflation is bad and we're going to go into a recession and our economy is going to go in the tank and, and, and food prices are going up and gas prices are going to continue to rise and all of these things, naturally, that brings fear in us. That naturally causes us to go, Oh no, what am I going to do? You know, I, I'm, I'm right there on my budget as it is now. You know, it's like the old song, there's not enough, or, or there's too much month at the end of the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh good, I'm not the only one. <laughs> you know, there are those times where we, where we have those situations. But you know what? We can't look at the economists and what they say and look at what's happening in the world and what they say, but we have to remain in the word of God and we have to say, wait a minute, as the devotion said, God is my helper. And so in times of help, I need to turn to him and realize that, listen, his bank account's never empty. And he said that he'll never leave for what I need because my father said that he will be my provider. Amen. And so we, we have to watch the words that we speak because we can negate the miracles that are coming into our life by speaking words of doubt and of fear and words that, that, that oppose what God wants to do. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. 
You know, Jesus addressed in the Gospels the fact that what we treasure or what is in our hearts are the things that end up coming out of our mouth. Amen. He, he, he addressed those in both Matthew and in Luke. We share the words from Matthew. He was speaking here and he said, Oh, generations of generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking. Amen. A good man, out of the good treasures of the heart, bringeth forth good things. Mm -hmm. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified. And by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. Right. You know, I, I've heard so many sermons talked about the fact that, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking. And that's true. Yeah. It is. The things that are important to us are the things that we allow to, to occupy all, all this little gray matter up here. And, and those are the things that we, we begin to talk about. A, a, a problem arises in your in, in your life, and it's important to you. It's a a, a situation that's that's of, of importance to you. It's on your mind, and so you should talk about it. But not very many times have I heard in the same message, verse three preached, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Do you know what the word idle means in that reference? It actually means unemployed or not accomplishing the work at hand. You've been speaking any unemployed work words? Because the word of God is not unemployed. There are some words that we can speak that, that won't accomplish anything in our life, but they will block things that God wants to accomplish. See, the words that we speak matter. We can speak words of faith, or we can speak words of doubt. We can speak words of hope, or we can speak words of despair. We can speak words of condemnation, or we can speak words of life. Yeah. It's those idle words that we have to be worried about. Because we can all be guilty of speaking things that don't work at some times. See, sometimes we speak about doubts and fears or questioning of things. But we can also speak wisdom that comes from man. But anything that is contrary or in opposition to the word of God just won't work. You know, we, we, we have allowed in, in some of our churches, and, and hopefully it has not bled over to, to a great extent, but we have allowed some of our, our, um, our society's wisdom to filter into the church. And the words that we speak sometimes can be part of man's wisdom. We can adopt words and, 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 and thought processes and things from the world. But those things are not going to work to bring us out of, of the, the bondage and out of the troubles and out of the things that we face. We have to go back to God's word and we need to be adopting and, and, and forming those patterns of speech in our mind. That's what our mind, those are the words that our minds need to pull from and say, this is what we should say. When we, when we face a, a sickness, we shouldn't say, oh man, this may be the one that kills me. <laughs> Instead, we ought to say, what an opportunity for God to work a miracle. That's right. That's it. You know, listen, we can't have any miracles if we don't ever have any problems. And so every problem is, a, is an opportunity for a miracle. Every, every situation that we face that is beyond our control is an opportunity for one greater than me to step in and show that he is in control. 
Thank you, Lord. See, Isaiah talks about that. Well, you know, let me just read this. Isaiah 58 and 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And so those thoughts that you're thinking, those aren't God's thoughts. When you start having those doubts and those, man, I, I, I'm not going to have enough money to pay this. I'm not going to be able to, to cover this. I'm not going to be able to overcome this. When that, uh, when that sin, you know, when I face that temptation, I don't know that I'm strong enough to, to resist that. Those aren't God's thoughts. God's thoughts are, I'm sufficient for every need that you have. Call on me, and I'll help you through everything. Our ways, you know, we, we have limited imaginations. We can think of all kinds of ways to, to face obstacles in our life. And God says, your ways aren't my ways. You know what I mean? How many of you, when faced with a blind man, would have thought to spit on the ground and make a mud pie and put it on his eyes? Or, or how many of you, when you were faced with a man that had leprosy, would have said, hey, go dip in this muddy river over here? Those are God's thoughts, not my thoughts. You know what I mean? In my thoughts, when I, when I was, you know, faced with that leprous man, if I was going to have him dip in anything, it would have been some, you know, clean, bubbling, pure spring water that maybe some mineral in there will do a work in him. Yeah. But God didn't need his creation to do a work because he was the creator. Yeah. And so the work comes from the creator, not the creation. It wasn't the mud that healed the blinded eyes. It wasn't even the spit that came from Jesus' mouth that healed the blinded eyes. It was the creator that created all of those things that did the work. And so his ways are not my ways. Amen. And his words are not my words, but they're his words and they're words of life. Isaiah continues on and says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give, give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. It produces enough that there'll be enough to keep sowing and getting more, but there'll also be enough that it produces bread to take care of us right now. Amen. That is such a powerful verse to me that, listen, God said, I'm going to provide for you, but I'm not going to just provide for your future. I'm not going to just give you seed that you can sow so at some point in the future you may have enough. But I'm going to give you enough right now that you'll be able to eat and be sustained and have what you need. And I'll also give you an abundance so that you can sow and reap a harvest down the road. So many times we're, we're faced with situations and in and, and our own mind all we see is, well, I've got enough for right now, but I don't have enough for the future. Those aren't God's ways. Start speaking words that align with the word of God and say, listen, God is going to multiply the seed that I have. Because the seed that I have right now is enough for today. But he's also going to give me enough seed for tomorrow and for next week and for next month. And for as long as I live on this earth. Amen. Because he said that he will never leave me or forsake me. Amen. Verse 11 of that same chapter in Isaiah says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereto I sent. That sure doesn't sound like unemployed words to me. 
When we read the word of God, when we look at the promises of God, we're looking at words that are going forth to accomplish. Amen. We're not look, looking at idle words that are unemployed, that have no power, but they're, they're there just soaking up and not producing. Somebody needs to get a hold of that this morning. Listen, God's promises want to produce in your life. Amen. Oh, but, but we have to stop saying things. We have to stop speaking words that are causing them just to, to soak up the, the blessings of God and causing them to stop producing in our life. God has promised to prosper you. He has yeah. promised to provide for you. Yeah. He's yeah. promised to be your healer and your savior yeah. and your counselor yeah. and your guidance and your direction and, and all that you need. Your joy comes from him. Your strength comes from the Lord. Your help comes from the Lord. Amen. And he is not going to shortchange you. Amen. He's going to give you enough for today and for the remainder of your time. Amen. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for your word, God. Lord, that I can stand on that and, and, and know that those things will come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. So you see, that's why it's so important that we know the word of God that's right. and that we speak in alignment with his word if we want our words to be active and not be destructive or idle. If I speak in my words aligned with what God's word says, then there's action that's taking place. Amen. Amen. But you know, so many times, and I believe, that, I honestly believe, and I, I, I think that there's scripture that will back it up, that Satan attacks us in our minds so that we won't speak the words. Amen. Because he knows that when we speak the words, that there's something that is released into the atmosphere that brings about changes. Amen. That's why when you're facing such a uh, such a trial or a situation in your life, you find it so difficult to say, "That's all right. God's going to help me through this." Amen. Uh -huh. Amen. Amen. Or, or, or when when you encounter someone that's dealing <laughs> with sickness, it's difficult for us sometimes to say, "Yes." But my God is a healer, and I'm going to pray for you, and God's going to heal you. Amen. I, I, I've gone back, and I've looked through all of the accounts of all of these great healing miracles that have happened in times past. And, and, and they have all had one thing in common, and it's that there was no doubt about what God was going to do. They would encounter someone that, that had whatever sickness it was and they never said well I don't know let's pray and see what God does maybe he'll heal you no that wasn't the case people came to the Azusa Street meetings they came to all of these different things that, that John Lake and these others have all of these Agnes and the different ones that, that, that had great revivals they would come to those and the, the people of God that were there praying with people and, and working with people in those situations, they would speak words of faith. Well, of course God's going to heal you. Amen. That's what he's here to do. Amen. If you came here and you need a, a miracle from God, well, of course he's going to do it. Yes. And, and they prayed with that mindset that, God, you're going to do this, so, you know, I thank you for it. Amen. And, Many times it, be, it began to develop in their life that not only did they just have that expectation, but they began to see it happen before it ever happened. Right. 
See, and we have to we have to develop that within us. Just like a child can't reach out and, and grab words it doesn't know and piece them together and, and begin to speak things, we can't align ourselves with the Word of God without reading the Word of God and knowing what His promises are. It's only when we know the promises of God that we can speak those promises and we can begin to see those things happen. Hallelujah. Mm. See, our words can negate the positive actions of God in our life if we speak those words of doubt and fear. I, I believe I shared with the church there was a, a, a man that God had begun to use him in, in, in a healing ministry and, and doing miracles. And um, he encountered something that he had never encountered before. And um, he went over and he, he prayed with this person. And the person, uh, God, God did a miracle. Oh, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was something with their eyes. Their eyes were crossed or, or something was, was wrong with their eyes. And he said, I prayed for them. He saw, he said, I saw those eyes straighten out and, and all, you know, everything was returned back to normal. And he said, I looked at it and I was like, wow, I can't believe that just happened. And he said, you know what happened? Those eyes went right back across. He said, and it took me months to, to get over that. He said, I, I, I felt so horrible that I had robbed that person of their miracle by the words that I spoke that I can't believe God just did that. Saints, we should believe that God can do anything. Yeah. When we begin to see even greater miracles that are taking place right now, don't be surprised. You, you just have that expectation and know that, listen, God's going to do this. Yes, he will. God spoke to us and he, he talked about this church is going to be a healing station. There are going to be miracles that happen in this church and through the people of this church that are absolutely going to shock the world. People around that hear of this, they're going to be like, wow, I've never seen something like that. Church, I don't ever want for us to have that mindset that, oh, I can't believe God did something that great. <laughs> listen, I, I want us to develop within us that, listen, I believe that God can do anything he wants to do. There's not a situation that is too difficult. You know, I, I read about the accounts of, of, of new limbs growing, about amputees that, that you know they've had their legs amputated and, and the legs and the feet have completely reformed before people's eyes arms have grown back fingers have grown back noses have grown back ears have grown back hair has grown back uh, yeah. <laughs> Keep believing. <laughs> it's coming. But you know what? My God is able to do anything. And as children of the Almighty God, our vocabulary needs to align with His Word, and we don't need to be afraid to speak the promises and the assurances that, that are in the word of God because those are for us so how do we begin to speak right well number one we have to let the spirit of God and the word of God be our teacher that guides us in the right things we're instructed to speak the truth in love and so many times we always think about that being words of correction. Listen, it doesn't always have to be correction. Yes, if we're speaking words to correct someone of an error in, their, in the way they're doing, then yes, that needs to be spoken in love. But we need to speak all things in love. Amen. We may be speaking to somebody, someone that needs a healing in their life, 
and and you know maybe they're maybe they're not saved and and they 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 have some doubt. Well, we need to speak to them in love and build up their faith. We need to speak to them and encourage them and say, listen, God loves you and He will do this for you. Ephesians chapter four it says. Till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, yes. which is the head, even Christ. Amen. So, through sound teaching, through the fivefold ministry, because that was what was talked about right before we, where we picked up there in Ephesians, was the fivefold ministry. God is going to guide us into all truth. Yes. John, John sixteen and thirteen is where the Scripture tells us that. How, this was the words of Jesus, okay? This, this was Jesus talking, and he had just talked about how that he was going to have to go away. He said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Yes. yes. So, listen, that Holy Ghost that you have within you, it's there as a guide. Yes. It's there as a teacher. It's there. Sometimes we'll say something and all of a sudden we'll just go, oh, that didn't sound right. That's the Holy Ghost checking you saying, hey, does that align with what my word says? Don't speak lies. Speak the truth. And, and, and when we start speaking doubt, oh, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. But listen, we're, we're, we're leaning over to, you know, telling some falsehoods. When we, when we start speaking things that, that, that aren't just right with, with what the Word of God says, we're, we're stepping outside of God's will because God says, no, speak the truth. Amen. Speak yeah. the truth. My Word's truth. Speak my Word. Yeah. Yeah. Use the power that's in the Word of God. Use the promises of God. Let your speech be aligned with God. Let your speech be aligned with His Word. Let your spirit be transformed into a, a spirit that agrees with what God wants to where the Holy Ghost can move and flow with, without limitations in your presence. So if we need to be able to speak these words, and, and we know that the, the Holy Ghost is, is the one that will teach us and guide us, then let's go back and look at the day of Pentecost where we started out. We started out in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 through 4 where the Holy Ghost was poured out. Let's pick up now and, and, and see what it was that happened. Verse 6 says, Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together, and they were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now, let me just let, let me just back up a minute here. Um, When we talk about verses 1 through 4 there, day of Pentecost was fully come. Fully come there, it means that the, the unity was filled. The, yeah. the, the unity of what the spirit and what man's spirit wanted to do, it came to a fullness. This wasn't talking about a certain time had fully, you know, the clock had finally hit 12 o'clock and, and the new day began. Or if you're Jewish, it hit 6 o'clock and the new day began. It wasn't talking about a time. It was talking about a condition. Yeah. It was talking about the day of Pentecost, the day that God chose to pour out his spirit had fully come. It was when man's will and God's will had united full. There's power in that concept. You need to think about that. You need to let God 
begin to talk to you about letting your will and his will be in complete unity. Yes. 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 It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat on each of them. Cloven tongues means a, a different language, different words that were spoken. The cloven tongues, and it said it came on there. What, what that means as like as a fire, it wasn't like it's depicted where there's, you know, there's this little flame that came down and set on their head. No, that's not what it means. The words there mean it came like a lightning bolt. It came just that quick. It came just that powerful. It came with that force that all of a sudden there was this new language that was birthed within them. Oh, and what was that language? That language was something that was different to them. Oh, but it began to speak. And those that heard it and it was in their own language, it confounded them. It caused them to question what in the world is going on. We hear these people and they're speaking in our own language. Verse 7 says, and they were all amazed and marveled. And, and they begin to talk about the fact that, listen, you know, these are all Galileans. And, and, and it lists here all the different people that were there. You have the, the Parthians and the Medes and the Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya, all about Cyrene and strangers to Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. There were a lot of different nationalities there. There were a lot of different languages and they all, not some of them, but they all heard them speak in these different languages, languages that they didn't know, but the, the Holy Ghost spoke through them, spoke a language that was foreign to them. And what was that language speaking? Hold on to your seats. That language was speaking the wonderful works of God. Oh, it wasn't talking about you bunch of sinners, you bunch of reprobates, how did no no no. That language didn't come rebuking. It didn't come saying, Oh, you're all bound for a sinner's hell. No, it didn't do that. That language that came out of them that everyone heard, it began to declare the wonderful works that Jesus had done. Amen. It began to talk about the signs and the wonders and the miracles. Oh, it began to expand those things and talk about what a great God he is. Amen. Amen. So what was it that these words from this new language produced? Because God's word goes out and it produces. And so if the Holy Ghost fell upon these 120 and they spoke in these languages and they all heard about the signs and the wonders and the miracles and the great saving power of God that had just taken place, what did it produce? Verse 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Amen. Salvation took place. Amen. Amen. Oh, number one, we need to be worried about salvation. That's, that's the number one goal of every Christian is to reach someone and say, oh, you need to be saved. Yeah. Uh, listen, if God heals you, that's a great and a wonderful work. If God delivers you out of bondage, that's a great and wonderful work. But you know what the best thing God can do? The greatest miracle of all is when God saves our soul. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. But it doesn't stop there. 
Because it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. And, and there was a fear of God that came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Souls were saved, just like happened on the day of Pentecost. Signs and wonders were done, just like the Holy Ghost bore witness to. Those same things. Why? Because the word that was spoken aligned with the word of God. And it produced fruit. Church, we've got to learn to talk right. We've got to learn to get a hold of this little tongue that can turn about our whole body. It can, it can set the course of where we go. It'll set the course of where you go in your life if you'll learn to, to get a hold of this tongue. And you know what? No man can control their own tongue. The Bible tells us that. Oh, but it takes the power of God and us yielding to the power of God to be able to get this tongue under control. Amen. Oh, if I wanted to, I could, you know, I could reach into my past and I could pull up some words that should never be mentioned from, from any of our mouths. But you know what? I choose not to speak those words. And I've got I've to learn to let the Holy Ghost work in me so that no matter what, what situation I face, I'm not pulling from my past. But I'm pulling from, from, from my future and from my present. I'm pulling from the Holy Ghost that's within me. And that's what rises up and speaks life. Not cursing, but speaks life. Stand with me today. See, when we begin to allow ourselves to align our words with the words of God, souls are going to be saved, miracles and signs and wonders will be done. Situations in your life are going to be resolved. Family situations are going to be put to rest. There, there's going to be things that are worked out that are, are above you and I. Amen. Because his ways are higher than my ways. Amen. I can't figure out a way to solve some problems in people's lives. But God's already got a path plan. He already knows exactly how it's going to happen. He's waiting for the day to, to fully come. When our will aligns with his will. And there are words that are spoken that release faith. Yes. That, that, that take the, the boundaries down and say, God, have your way. Yes. Woo! Hallelujah. Lord, have your way here today, God. Lord, have your way in our lives. Have your way in our, 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 our people, God. Lord, have your way in our homes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, just begin to pray right now. Talk to the Lord. Oh, there's someone here today that you feel like there's a, a, a situation that's about to crush you. You feel this weight on your shoulders as you're standing here right now. You could put a name to it. I can't. God knows, though. 
And he just spoke to me and said, listen, if you'll start speaking words of faith, yeah. I'll, I will break that off of you. I will break those chains off of you. And I will heal that situation. I don't know who you are and what it is today, but I challenge you. Speak to God right now. Speak a word of faith into that situation. And let that situation know that, listen, it doesn't matter what I'm looking at. My God's going to take care of me. Yes. My God has promised me that he won't leave me. And I'm coming through this. I'm coming through victorious. I'm coming through on top. Yes. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> My God is going to be victorious in everything that he does. His word always produces fruit. We're the only blocking force. Satan can't block what God wants to do. It's just us. We're the only one that can stop God's work. God says, listen, all I need you to do is start speaking words that are alive in my place. Amen. Why don't we all come out around the front and the aisles? Let's have a time right now where we just begin to pray. I'm sure that there are those here today that you have situations in your life that you need God to move in. Oh, it, it may be you, it may be your family, it may be your finances, it may be your job, it may be some something from your past. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, God is able. And God wants to move in your life today. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you pull from the, from the recesses of your mind and start speaking some promises of God. Start looking at, at your situation and saying, situation, you're not going to defeat me. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I'm coming through that valley because God's with me and I'm going to come out victorious on the other side.